0: Being in the right place at the right time to seize opportunity, even if it seems an impossible task. These are the words of Sankis co-founder, Michael Laws. And his fellow co-founder, Jordan Maidley, believes you never know if something is gonna work unless you take the opportunity. This mindset is how they ended up building the Eat Out to Help Out app in just a matter of days to help local businesses. It wasn't perfect, it was rough, but it has grown into something of real value and social purpose. Here's how a Manchester startup with zero marketing budget became one of the nation's fastest growing apps over lockdown. So why don't we kick off with um, what's been going on? Like what, <laughs> what's been happening with you guys um, since we last spoke with the business? Um, before we get stuck into what's been happening over the last sort of um, two months.
1: Yeah, sure, cool. That is a that that is a two years that has flown on by. I know. Um, so yeah, the Bizlet platform is what's evolved into um, the platform that we're using today and that's uh, powered the it out to help out app So. It was all about merging online and offline, bringing the best technology that online businesses have to offer and providing that to real-world businesses, brick-and-mortar businesses on the high street, um, from all sorts of sectors, from retailers, hotels, um, even airlines and, and beyond, really. Um, so over the last two years, it's been a lot of product development. There's been a lot of changes, both on um, kind of mobile providers, iOS and Android, that the app's been um, kind of evolving towards. Um And we've been working with various clients since then from kind of business networking groups, the MyGMCR app powering Manchester High Streets, the couple of hotels, restaurants, that kind of thing. Um, And all that kind of technology and development that's been going on was what all funneled into this uh, Eat Out to Help Out app. So it's um, kind of an evolving SaaS platform that every single bit of development we do kind of helps build build the platform. But takes quite a while sometimes
0: yeah it's like almost all roads led to this this opportunity so you guys you heard about the eat out to help out scheme on the news um that it was going to be launched how did you connect that with what you were doing um and how did you realize that that could actually have a really positive uh impact jordan do you want to tell us what you were doing at the time
2: yeah, sure. Um, as Michael said, the last two years went into product development, a lot of learning. And then just as the Eat Out to Help Out scheme arrived, uh, we, was, we we seen it and kept a close eye on it ourselves. Um, and was getting prompted by a number of people to see whether our system could benefit in, in some way or another. Uh, and at first, we, we couldn't really align the two up. Um, and then as we looked more into the scheme and we got wind of what the government were, were actually doing and trying to achieve with the scheme, we realized that the government had like good intentions and everything and they just couldn't deliver on the tech side. Um, so we realized that with our platform, we could actually um, benefit their scheme. Um, in the sense that they knew how to give out this discount and raise awareness of the scheme and help the the restaurants um, and customers save money. But they couldn't actually make an easy solution for those trying to trying to participate in the scheme, both restaurants and the consumers. Um, so we had a few days, which wasn't usual at the time, of a bit of quietness, where we'd finished a couple of client projects. Uh, and we was I was, I was personally um, working on some new features for our platform, our core platform. Um, and then it, it was a bit of a weird one, really. We was taking a not... Regular trip down to McDonald's in the car for lunch, and we—I
0: <laughs> can attest to that. You weren't yeah. having a McDonald's breakfast this morning.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, that is actually very true. Um, but yeah, so we we was heading on over to McDonald's, and, and and something just clicked in both of us, and we we kind of made it as a, a joke almost initially of, hey, I wonder if we could just quickly turn this around uh, and put a put a platform out there, seeing as no one else is doing it, and the government aren't technically doing sort of what we were trying to achieve with our system or could achieve with our system. Um, so then we just got back to the office. I think it was that night we just said, right, let's, let's have a bit of a play around and see what we can do in the next couple of days. Uh, I think it was around three days, three all nighters later, yeah. um, we had turned out uh, an iOS app and a base version of the website, Uh, not an Android app by this point, and the web wasn't actually live for consumers. So the only live product was the iOS app. Mm-hmm. And then that was on a Sunday evening, and then the Monday morning we looked in the database uh, on the platform um, to see that we had users, and we was kind of baffled and confused as to how, because there wasn't how meant to be an app us? or a platform for this system yeah. uh, for this scheme. Um, and then that just trickled on, and we got more and more users day by day. Um, and this was about a week and a half or so before the scheme um, had even launched, so. That's how we got round to sort of coming up with, with let's take on this challenge sort of thing.
0: So before we get to the the skyrocket of users that happened, um, let's go back to that joke that you made in the car. Um, Because that idea that you had led to you pulling the all-nighters just to try and see if you could, you know, make the idea work. What was that? Like, talk us through that kind of, process like what is that like going from that sort of light bulb moment to you know actually getting your first the iOS app itself built like what what was that like painful well <laughs> I think from- it was
1: it was a little bit painful but it's, life's all about making your own opportunities isn't it so um right at the beginning of lockdown w- we'd had loads of restaurants on our myGMCR app that were obviously closed and all of <laughs> those guys had come on to offer delivery And that was about connecting the consumer with all these restaurants, uh, helping them find who is actually partaking in delivery now. Because the restaurants would post on their social media channels um, that they're now doing delivery or now on delivery or whatever, but there was no Mm -hmm. centralized platform to find all those businesses in one place. And that was Mm -hmm. the same thing for the Eat Out to Help Out app. There was going to be, what, 50, 60, 80,000 businesses now participating in this scheme and the consumer needed somewhere to find those businesses instantly. Um, Hmm. We knew the government was bringing out their postcode um, launch, um, postcode search engine on their website, but that was delayed a couple of weeks. And originally they'd be looking at creating something a bit more high-tech than that, but that didn't come to fruition. So it was literally just creating an opportunity. um, We knew the platform could cater for it, and finally we had something that we could properly get our teeth stuck into over those three days, like Jordan mentioned, and uh, see it come to life, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'll just to just almost like a prove a hypothesis well. mm-hmm. um, from a, from a tech side on, on that process um, luckily our platform we build it as a, a SaaS model um, so it's like white labeled uh, solutions um, and what we're able to do and why we're able to do it in three days is because we have a core product that we're able to spin up instantly um, with like server uh, infrastructure behind it um, both for iOS Android and web uh, and the whole API and we can spin all that up within the matter of a couple of hours and have that up and running and then it's all about about just rebranding, reskinning, making tweaks, like custom tweaks to it to make it fit for purpose for what that app is trying to achieve itself. Um, So within the three days, three all night sort of thing, we're able to spin up a full-blown system that would usually take other companies, or even if the government tried to do it themselves, this would usually take Mm. a matter of weeks, maybe months. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably next year (laughs) before you'd see that by another provider sort of thing.
0: And so then the output was that you had the, you had the app, you know, and you guys, you know, were able to put it onto, um, the app store. Um, I presume relatively lazily because you had done you had launched apps on there, um, before. Um, so then, what like how did it go from we've got an uh, an app on the on the app store to, you know. What happened? You know, it, the the scheme obviously was immensely popular. Users were obviously looking for it, um, and then the app became a hit. But how did it go from just being on the app store to being, you know, top of the charts?
1: Well, it was a uh, pretty out of the blue and quick process, to be honest. So, like, like Jordan mentioned, like the first night we came down, we saw we'd had like a few users already sign up. We didn't know how. That carried on for the next, I'd say, three or four days, where we had about 100 new users a day, 300 new users a day, 500 new users a day. But it was at that point we'd reached out to a couple of journalists and let them know about the app. And as the scheme was still about a week away, press was starting to build up about it. And then we had a couple of articles in The Sun and Guardian. And then we had, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 30,000 users a day, uh, new sign-ups. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the old graphs on the old Cloudflare account, billing account, Google API account, that was quite a steep increase and um, that pretty much carried on then for like the rest of the scheme but um, with all those users quite unexpected um, came all sorts of or all sorts of hurdles and headaches so uh, it certainly wasn't build it and uh, leave it it was quite a long journey from there on.
0: So what happened? What kind of problems um, did you uh, encounter because of the, and for the, for the listeners who maybe don't understand how things like that work, um, what kind of problems does 30,000 users a day hitting an app that was designed as a kind of like a test pilot? Um, uh, well, what, what kind of things happen?
2: Other than um, substantial headaches <laughs> um, when it comes to the tech side of things, like like I said before, yes, we're able to spin up a, a full-blown system capable for multiple operating systems and web and server infrastructure, but yeah, as Michael said and you said then, the... the The system was meant for testing and for small users, and that uptake means that the amount of requests uh, and traffic we were simply getting on the server—it just—it just just could not handle it. Um, So even though the app itself and everything was working. The, the back end system that was doing all the functionality, all the processes trying to sign people up, trying to log people in uh favorite certain businesses, etc, send messages it just simply wasn't working um, mm-hmm. I mean it would let people sign up to some extent um and let a, a certain amount of users log in um but then the functionality was just just unusable uh, from a user's experience um, and it just meant that we had to completely rebuild an entire new server infrastructure um, we uh, to get techie with load balancers uh, multiple instances to handle traffic so if we was getting tens of thousands of users it was simply divide them up and spread them over multiple instances of the API mm-hmm. of our system um, so we could actually cope with it uh, and also the amount of users we were getting our database was was probably on the verge of um, becoming redundant or corrupt because the, the API just couldn't create rows in our database fast enough Um so we had, to sh- we had to transfer across an entire database as well.
1: Yeah, to give a yeah. bit of perspective, on that first day we had 19 million requests hit the server. So <laughs> that's, that's like searches, uh, in businesses, sign-ups, um, mm-hmm. leaving reviews, all this kind of thing. And yeah, from, from zero to 19 million was a good old strain on the old single baseline server that we had. So yeah, yeah from then on it was literally three guys night and day complete new server infrastructure which should take weeks as a, as like anyway so uh, yeah. it was another three nights of going for it
0: <laughs> digital transformation overnight <laughs> yeah. um but all of that activity it captured the attention um of the national government and you uh just received a phone call out of the blue tell us tell us about that like because it just sounds like you know, this does sound like a bit of a Netflix um, series here Mm. or a Netflix film, which we should totally write the script for. (laughs) Um, And then you received a call out of the blue. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so that that was myself. Um, Essentially, what happened was, I I think, like most nights, it was another case of an all nighter. Uh, And then that morning, we went to the gym, did a little workout just to try and wake our bodies up a little bit. Um, Had showers and then I was ready. I went back up to the desk, sat down, ready to go. And then next minute, I've got a, a message saying, hey, I'm from HMRC, I've got a number, et cetera. Um, we want to talk to you. We want to call you immediately regarding the app. Um and it was kind of as blunt as that initially, um, which made me, in my delirious mindset, somewhat uh, worried and anxious as to what was going on. Mm, look, yeah. at yeah. I was still in the shower oh, at what this have point. We done? <laughs> yeah, Michael yeah. was still hiding away in the showers at this point. Um, and then it didn't kick in for about five or ten minutes. I rewrote it several, uh, reread it several times, uh, and then it actually appeared a lot more friendly of a message than than the bluntness that i initially read the way i read it uh, so that i sprinted down to the the showers uh, knocked on the door knew which one michael was in and was like come out quick um we need to make a phone call immediately this is like urgent <laughs> um, so then we went upstairs we both reread the message uh, several times over um and then we 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 made the phone call to them um and yeah, on, on the phone call we was just told that um, you know, they wanted to work with us work with us a lot closer on the project, um, provide us with the restaurant restaurants that are participating in the scheme. Um and yeah, that's that's how it kick started with, ne- yeah. with the government. The
1: next day we had another phone call with the whole team there and a day after that it was a list of 60,000 of the participating venues that we had to upload and feature so um, super fast turnarounds again and credit to HMRC really like they've done well with this whole scheme as well like processing such humongous amounts of discounts restaurants aboard um so yeah literally again another two-day kind of process turned into another 60,000 new businesses being featured on the platform
0: and and the um, I mean the impact of the scheme, you know, it has had. You you guys are getting firsthand feedback from a lot of the vendors um, around a variety of different uh, challenges, um, but also uh, the output of the scheme. Um, and it has been a success for them. Can you tell us about some of the things that you've heard from some of the restaurants?
1: Yeah. So this is it. Like the scheme was a one-off for one month, boosting footfall to restaurants. But we were like, all this momentum's been brought up with people re-engaged with the local restaurant that they haven't been to for, you know, four five months or whatever. So yes. we wanted this platform to facilitate that and continue that momentum beyond the scheme end. So we've now had 5,700 and something odd businesses um, activate their profiles on the app. They're creating content on the app, be it new offers, now the schemes end, their own offers, um, just talking about, you know, the local terrace that they've got in the restaurant that you might not know about. And then mm-hmm. you've got these all these consumers still browsing and engaging with the local eateries, which, you know, a couple of months ago, we were all in lockdown and we had nothing. So it's part of like the, you know, building back better, if you like, after after Corona and um, bringing all these little local eateries that didn't have much of a footprint online and then giving them all these tools straight out the box that they can now properly grow upon. So, um, so yeah, the platform's gone on from there, really, and um Still users um, searching for the local restaurants, loads and loads of offers being created and uh, kind of carrying on that momentum from the scheme. So it wasn't just a benefit during the month, it's carrying on.
0: Yeah, and it's been that benefit for that Monday to Wednesday because that's Mm. the traditional quiet, you know, pre-COVID, you know, those were typically restaurant quiet days and restaurants have seen a transformation in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean open table shared some data where um, like compared to the same date last year um every single day monday to, to wednesday during the scheme was um an increase in footfall based on that based on the uh, footfall they saw last year so straight out of corona still worries uh, around the high street but um every single day was in the green
0: amazing amazing um, so all of this all of this has culminated and then you started getting national press attention and you've been on regional TV um, you know going back even two months ago none of this was something that was familiar to you what have all of those new PR experiences been like not least obviously being back on the podcast
1: <laughs> well that's <laughs> a highlight of course but <laughs> um, but yeah um, yeah it was good really I mean um pff- we, we were just using the press to kind of get users to the platform and uh, it certainly worked from that regard. But it's also put credibility around the business and it's made, you know, boosted awareness about what we're trying to do and our kind of, our wider goal of kind of reinventing how we explore in the high street. So I think um, having good relationships with um, certain journalists at certain um, PR press companies and, and that kind of thing is really valuable. And, um, yeah, it's been a learning curve on us to see how much impact one good article can make so that's something we're going to continue doing from now on
0: if you're enjoying the podcast simply hit the like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform if you have the time leave us a review you can do that really easily by going to ratemypodcast.com forward slash fast forward and um if you reflect back over the whole kind of crazy I mean, essentially two months, if even six week period, maybe Mm. um, that we're, that we're really reflecting on and obviously how powerful that can, you know, really steer, you know, a company's, um, you know, fortunes. What have you learned from this entire process? Guys, what have you, what are your main kind of things that you're going to do differently from uh, the next time?
1: Well, we've just got to always be on the lookout for, opportunities but even just like a hint of opportunity where you've got to you know come up with some innovation and create an opportunity out of out of kind of nothing in a way so um i mean we're probably never going to have a corona lockdown again but well who knows (laughs) but um but yeah it's just um you know supply and demand makes business and in crisis like this loads of opportunities arise and it's just kind of trying to make the most of them in a way that actually benefits people properly um so that's been like a quite a nice, quite a nice thing about the, about the platform because quite broad and there's loads of different features on there from reviewing businesses, searching businesses, favorite businesses, messaging businesses. And when we're running the platform, we can see what's going on and to see users like using all the different features that have like kind of been secondary features and not really been used before has been a really nice kind of experience. Like we've had like thousands of reviews on businesses, which was kind of like a a secondary feature to actually review the businesses you're down in that but that's the feature that's been really been really been taken up on so um from a whole business perspective we've just been now we've got the platform there and we've got users users are kind of the best tell to how well your platform's working so every day we're just checking what features are working well what people are trying to do what people are hoping to do in the future through the feedback on the app um and kind of just leapfrogging our development process and understanding exactly what we need to do and what the consumer is asking for us so yeah, in that pick, regards picking
2: really up on good. what michael just said from a tech side um you know I, i'm responsible and cto for all features and functionality that's built within the platforms um and like you said reviews being a feature that, that's always been there and is there in most of our client projects um it it's nice to see uh, in one project alone every single feature getting widely used, um, but in different ways. So we've been able to adapt the features, adapt the functionality, the user experience, designs, etc., and really, really make the necessary tweaks uh, that we can also apply to our other clients and new clients Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, And then obviously the biggie from a tech side, um, I guess a little bit more planning um, going into the uh, architecture side of things um, for large-scale clients, uh, or if we decide to take on any ad hoc opportunities like this again, um, we'll definitely have an infrastructure in place that's not just a test environment initially. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. We'll have it ready, ready to scale. Um, That's obviously been the biggest learning curve from a technical point of view.
0: Has it sparked new features? Did you, you know, from obviously the breadth of how the consumers and the users were using the app, has it sparked new ideas?
1: Certainly has. I mean, um, you get all sorts of feedback. So there's been um, stuff we re-looked at during the scheme, um, like... We had a lot of optional entries on sign up for users to personalise their profile. Some users didn't like that; they like preferred a quicker, more streamlined sign up process. So, kind of that stuff was stripped back. Um, we kind of reinvented how the search function um, works on the app, just to handle that was a kind of a load handling feature where it would make only one request per search rather than like three or four. Um, but going forward from there, a lot of consumers, having kind of re-engaged with their local eateries, want to support other brands on the high street so we're now also building into the app uh, not just eat out to help out but work out to help out to help your local fitness and uh, health organizations on the high street and then um, travel out to help out which will be holidaying hotels um, and shop out to help out which will be supporting local retailers so from um, and these are all we we even did a poll on the app to see which um, industries users would like to help next and all this feedback, again, from like real users is just so invaluable. So, um, yeah, it's been like a constant stream now of new features, tweaking features and uh, thinking what we're going to do next.
0: So this isn't the end to uh, Eat Out to Help Out app for sure. For sure. Um, so when will we see these um, these new innovations and new strands of whatever it might be to, to help out? When will I be able to do my work out to help out?
1: So businesses are already being onboarded now, Um, multiple gym groups, fitness groups, they're creating their profiles, their locations on the app, um, creating their own offers, their own kind of promotions of what they've got on to offer. And then we've got kind of preset goals of how many businesses we want on before we open that up to the public, but um, it's not going to be long, it's going to be a couple of weeks. We've got a couple of meetings in the meantime as well with national government to see what they can do with it as well and what we can do together. So lots in motion and lots going very fast, but um, we, our, our biggest goal is for the build-up to Christmas, one of the most important, important times for the high street as a whole. We want retailers, fitness, hotels all back on there and literally promoting what they've got and putting everything that local areas have to offer at you, the consumer's fingertips. So that's what we're working towards, and um, it's all on track at the moment, so... Yeah, I t- can't believe we're talking about Christmas already, but uh, it'll be, be <laughs> a it will be the build up to Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> <You started laughs> I know.
0: It'll and be, then, what yeah. about Sankus as a as a broader? You know, obviously, this is um, we're talking that you know we're talking about seizing season, an opportunity, and, a, and an innovation, and a new, I suppose, brand for um, for Sankus, the group. Because you mm. have multiple brands, and um, what about the the bigger picture for you, for you both? What does success look like in the next sort of twelve to eighteen months?
1: Well, this is it. So our sole goal is to reinvent how we shop, discover, explore on the high street. We want local businesses accessing the same kind of insight and digital tools that online businesses have in the brick and mortar stores. Um, it goes back to kind of like our founding principle where I had an online business selling products online and in stores all around the world. And if someone mm-hmm. bought them from a store, I'd know absolutely nothing. But if someone bought them from my website, I would know what marketing was working, what they were looking at what they were dropping from their basket, if they liked it, I'd have Google ads following around, and it would just be a so much better experience for me as a business. So we just want to bring that insight to brick and mortar, real world businesses. And that's kind of what this first step with the Eat Out to Help Out was doing for, for kind of local eateries, and just evolving that to other industries. And essentially, it's given, a, again, a big like boost in our whole, what we're trying to achieve, because... Like we say, we've got the Manchester app, the MyGMCR app, which was doing that in Manchester, but it um, was quite a a lot fewer users than this early on, um, supporting hotels, retailers and all that kind of thing. But this kind of brought that to a national proposition straight away, an engagement from all the parties, be it Mm -hmm. big businesses on the high street, local independents on the high street and local authorities slash government. It's brought all their attention in straight away. So it's just, um, as our whole kind of goals with with the company, this is what we're seeing as kind of the the main channel that we can deliver those goals with the most effect the most quickly so um a lot of our resources are going to be going going into growing this now, and then all that development and innovation and more experience that we have and what's working well and what consumers want that goes out to our other products as well so any of our white label loyalty marketing apps they all benefit from this technology as well, and it just gives a far better um kind of Proposition as a whole for our platform, so um, just going on from there. Really,
0: it sounds like data is underpinning um, the app, and that's where the real value will come in for the the vendors. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: How will that How will that data opportunity help the vendors and the the hospitality venues um, help retarget those customers like they would online be using yeah. the in store experience?
1: Certainly, Well, like. As a consumer, we expect everything to be tailored to us, personalised to us. Our Facebook feeds personalised to us. When we land on a website, we see product recommendations recommended to us. We see Google Ads, which kind of get on our sometimes, like telling us to buy the scarf that we've already bought like the other week. But um, for online businesses, this is just great stuff because it makes makes the whole experience with the consumer feel like engaged and personalised towards them. In the high mm-hmm. street, again, like everything's just generic. You've got clone generic messaging from the big brands that's just bombarding consumers like I sit down and watch TV and see you know adverts for dresses that I'm a guy I don't wear dresses (laughs) at the moment so um, (laughs) that's about taking this kind of data in the real world and when you walk into a shop you'll receive personalized product and offer recommendations based on who you Mm -hmm. are and what you're likely to be interested in and the key kind of metric in that because the consumer opts in to whether they want that data to be used in that way or not and the benefit the consumer is If that restaurant or retailer, whoever it is, understands who's coming into their store, um, what demographic, uh, what marketing's working well, that's a benefit to them. So they provide cheaper pricing on their products to the consumer. So that's where the whole kind of member-only offers opportunity comes in, where you as a consumer are leveraging your digital footprint to get a more personalised experience and get cheaper pricing in stores. So essentially just blurring the lines between online and offline and hopefully creating a platform that combines the best of both to literally help us get the most from our local areas and in turn support local businesses um it's important for us to put like all this insight at a local independent store's fingertips who wouldn't necessarily have any of this insight usually but now they can just log onto the app and see okay this this ad's working well this um this little post here we automate so everyone who comes into the store receives that notification so we don't have to worry about marketing that offer anymore that just does it automatically Um, Mm -hmm. and it's about helping those guys just get on with running their businesses and letting the technology work for them instead of kind of make their life more difficult or more competitive with competing against online.
0: And Jordan, you're the, you're the person that will have to to bring this all to life within the technology. Um, yeah. What can the vendors expect to see
2: uh, in terms of on the on the platform features, yeah. functions? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's so the the main thing being the dashboard for them. So they're able to, like Michael's saying, with, with data being so important uh, in the and and in the um, the real world, like in physical high street um mm. they're able to see exactly what's going on within their store in terms of people coming in and purchasing items how many people are favoriting them engaging with with their posts etc um this tool alone uh we're going to be expanding on this a lot um to give them a l- very deep insights um into how well the platform is actually working for them as a business um And then mainly their ability to create posts and raise awareness of their business profile. Um, So their ability to kind of create a post as fast as creating a tweet, yet it's engaging instantly with push notification to hundreds or if not thousands of um, current consumers and those that pass by their store. Um, Them being the main, it's all about raising awareness through the functionality.
0: Uh, it sounds like there's still quite a lot of work uh, to do and quite a few more all-nighters to, to pull. Um, but we really look forward to seeing how the different um, Help Out app uh, uh strands and brands um developed to help kind of reinvigorate um the high street local businesses independent retailers and um, we always like to finish the podcast with advice um for the listeners so um you guys probably have have really taken that um you know seizing the opportunity um to the most extreme levels during some some pretty unique um you know life situations that we're all going out to but what advice would you have to to other people about thinking about uh and going about seizing opportunity michael let's start with you
1: i'd just say like it's all about creating your own luck and what luck is um like it's about kind of being in the right place at the right time, but just having an eye out to kind of find those opportunities and literally capitalize on it, even if it is seems an almost impossible task. Just get your head down, do what you can, and um, create something. Like, from our experience with this app, it wasn't perfect for, like, the first few days. Like, we had all sorts of issues, but that didn't matter. It was rough, but it kind of grew into something that's now really big, so just... Always keep her out for those opportunities and do what you can to kind of embrace them and make them work for yourself and
2: everyone else.:
0: Jordan, what would you add to that?
2: Yeah, I'd say um, that if you know within yourself that you're a dedicated person and you can persevere uh, even through tough times, then um, I'm a big believer in you never know if something's going to work or not unless you take the opportunity um so like with us we always take pretty much obviously we wait up we don't just take any opportunity or such but um just take the opportunity and go with it and try and make a success of it persevere through it we had we had nights where we would look at each other at 3-4 a.m um we've been awake for three or four days pretty much straight um and you know i literally I would look across at Michael and he'd start having a nosebleed, for example. <laughs> <laughs> the servers are down. We 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 look at the app stats, we realise we've lost out on sixty thousand users. Everything's going against us, the world's going against us, basically. And yet we would just we you know, we'd consider like, do we pull this? Do we stop this? You know, you know, is, is our time over with this project, you know? But just persevere, keep going, try and make it success. Um Yeah, the pain's only temporary. Work through it. And then when you come out the other side, enjoy it. Look back, smile, and then keep going
0: brilliant advice to um to wrap the show on um boys i've thoroughly enjoyed watching both of you um through this really crazy experience and how much you've both uh, developed and how the businesses evolved as a result um i think you know what if, if for anyone that's maybe thinking or, or procrastinating about an opportunity um it sounds like what's the worst that's going to happen i think the biggest regret you'll have is is not trying so get out there have a go and um hopefully get a better night's sleep Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Fast Forward is a weekly interview podcast brought to you by Tech Manchester, an incubator for digital and creative startups in the Northwest. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. The podcast is produced by Sarah Bellier, audio editing by Jamie Guynlock and music by Parma Violets. If you've any questions, feel free to drop us a line at info at techmanchester.co.uk or follow us on any of our social channels Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all under Tech Manchester.